0: Okay, so let's turn to uh, Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10 and verses uh, 22 to 25. Hebrews chapter 10 verses 22 to 25. We're going to try to get this going again. We've had some some cutouts and I can't explain that. And I, you know, all I can do is just try to get back on when that happens as quickly as possible. So I'm doing that. So Hebrews chapter 10 verses 22 to 25. And uh, I, I want to speak to you today from a passage of scripture that perhaps just seems uh, a little unusual, a little strange, and that you would think that this would probably be the last thing that I would preach on. But uh, I do want to do that today. I, I want to preach on this passage of scripture and, and I want to I read it to you from the Bible and just ask you to just kind of follow along while I'm reading this with you um it's it really is i think applicable today but it's it's just probably going to seem like it's um a little little different hang on a sec folks we're still having some issues Did we fix it? We had a couple of, couple of dual singles from, uh, signals from the house here. So let's go to Hebrews chapter 10 in the midst of all of this fun that we're having. And let me just read some of this for you. Hebrews 10. The Bible here tells us that we are to continuing to meet together. We want to continue to meet together. And it's interesting that when this is said to us, let me read it for you here. Verse 22, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he he who has promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together, let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us keep encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. So the reason why I mentioned to you earlier that this might seem like a strange text, is one of the emphases here is about meeting together. But before we get to the meeting together text, there's a lot of other things that are happening in this text as well. So this might seem like the, the craziest sermon at this particular time with you know, the, the theme of getting together, but there's a lot of good things in here that are um, you know, kind of embedded in the text. So we're always thinking about, right, what to preach to you folks? And, and during these days, it seems um, all that much more important. I don't know if that's true, but it seems like it's all that much more important and uh, we know that there's a lot of you know fear there's a lot of anxiety there's a lot of uncertainty out there there's all kinds of you know thoughts and fears about what's what's going to happen or what might happen there's news from canada there's there's news from the united states some countries seem to be doing better than others some seem to be doing really horribly you know we're close to detroit we know that detroit's a hot spot we have some of our own saints working in conditions over there that are really challenging really really difficult. And we continue to pray for them. Um, but in the overall picture, you know, one of the things that I'm really concerned about is, you know, not only is how, how is the church doing now, but how are we going to be doing when we come through this? How together are we going to be when we come through this? And, um, you know, there's a lot of unknowns about that. But I think what the, there's a couple of keys to that. The first key to that is just taking care of yourself. And then the second key to that is, is how we take care of one another. And the challenge about taking care of one another uh, when we can't physically meet is that we somehow feel that we are, we are restricted in meeting together or taking care of one another if we can't physically meet. So let me just offer some, some pastoral perspectives on this. If you're looking at the clock and how many times we physically get together at church, that's 10.30 on Sunday till noon. If you're in a small group, that's a couple of seasons of the year for a few hours a week. Um, if you're in a Bible study, that might be another hour and a half. My point is this, without you know adding it up on a calculator, my, my point is this, is that we really don't spend as much time physically together as you might think. And even when we are meeting physically together, we aren't necessarily as interactive as, as we could be or should be. And maybe we're learning some lessons about that. But we're not really that much together physically. Now, where, where it does hurt us a little bit, I think, is the ability to get together, you know, beyond the church services, beyond the gatherings, beyond the meetings, those kinds of things, right? Where right now that we can't do that. But some of you have been doing online devotions with your friends, or you've been doing phone calls with your friends anyways. And so you've been accustomed to working through these things, even before this became a thing, that you knew you you couldn't always be together, but you would phone one another, or you would have some kind of way of, of through the internet or through texting. So we already had a little bit of both. What, what's happened now is we've lost the physical stuff, right? Well, we can't do that. But does that mean that the scripture isn't truth or isn't speaking to us? And I think the answer to that is, well, absolutely not. These words found in Hebrews 10 are just as true today as they were three months ago, as they were 2000 years ago. And and here's some of the things that it talks about, some of the things that we need to to just kind of emphasize as we're journeying together. And let me just take you through some of this. Uh, First of all, in in Hebrews 10, it says this in verse 22, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith. So the first thing it's telling us, even in this day where we're not physically together, that there's still the responsibility for us to draw near God to God. Let's continue to draw near to God. You can't, quote, go to church, but there's nothing stopping you or me from drawing near to God. You still have the Bible. You still have an opportunity to listen to Christian music. You you still have the opportunity to pray. These days of online connectedness, there are more opportunities to, to fill your heart and soul with good things Uh, you know, from God's word, from preaching, from teaching, all of these things. I mean, there's more than there ever was. There is no reason these days why we can't draw near to God. We may not be able to go to a physical building, but there's nothing stopping us from drawing near to God. Now, I know going to the the physical building and I know that uh, being able to, you know, interact with one another is great and it, and it gives us something in our heart. It fills up our heart really, really well. And I understand that. There are gifts of the spirit that obviously function better when the body is there, but there is nothing stopping us from drawing near to God. We just have to perhaps for a while depend on some other means to do that, find some other ways to do that and make sure that we, we take time to do that in, in meaningful ways. So point number one in these days, continue to draw near to God. Don't let the fact that you couldn't go to church this morning at 335 Talbot Street South stop you from drawing near to God. And one of the things we're doing right now, right, is, is just gathering online together, even with all of the technical difficulties. Uh, the Bible then says to draw draw near to God with full assurance of faith. Now, our faith is being tested these days. There's a pandemic going on out there. Numbers continue to, to rise in a, in a number of places people can't go to work. There are some legitimate concerns out there. But the whole idea of drawing near to God is that if you continue to draw near to God, you're not going to damage your faith. If you feed too much on the news, you're going to damage your faith. If you feed too much on the news and not enough on God, you're really going to damage your faith. And the Bible tells us to draw near to God so that we might have that full assurance We are coming through this. We don't know exactly what it's going to look like, but we're coming through this. And so God wants you to have that full assurance of faith. It's times like this that test our faith. And the Bible says in 1 Peter that what God wants more than anything from us is to have a faith that's been tested, tried, and true, right? Tested, tried, and true. So we just want you to remember that. Tested, tried, and true faith. The other thing we want you to understand is the Bible tells us to hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess. Unswervingly to the hope that we profess. What does that mean to you, unswervingly? Unswervingly. We usually swerve to miss things, right? That's normally what we do, is we swerve to miss things. The Bible here tells us that God wants you to hold unswervingly to your faith. So you're not trying to miss God. You're not trying to miss your faith. You're not trying to miss anything here. We're we're trying to get closer to God. We usually swerve to miss things. The Bible tells us that in this case that we are to hold unswervingly to him. So let's do that. Hold unswervingly to him. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess because God is faithful. God is faithful to us. God is faithful to you. Hold unswervingly to the hope that we possess because God is faithful. Don't get off track. Don't run into the ditches. Don't take your eyes off Jesus. Hebrews 12 and 2 says, keep your eyes focused on Jesus, the the author, the finisher, the perfecter of our faith. Make sure you do that. Keep your eyes on Jesus. So draw near to him, and while you're drawing near to him, make sure that you keep your eyes on him, that you're unswerving in your pursuit of Jesus, that you're unswerving in your faith. The third thing it tells us, and this is where we're getting closer to the getting together stuff, is, is that you think about how you can spur or encourage one another on to love and good deeds. Now, I'm not a horse. Careful there. Careful. I'm not a horse. I don't think I would want... Spurs into my side. but the whole idea of somebody that rides a horse and puts spurs into the side of the horse is to get it moving. And so the Bible here uses you know that metaphor, that analogy to tell us like let's let's make sure all of us keep moving and encouraging one another in our faith. So in these days of not being hooked up, not being connected uh, physically, we can do that right through a telephone. We can do that through a mail through a card. We can do that through an email. We can do that online, Facebook, but let's figure out ways to encourage one another, to spur one another on in the Lord. Now it's to gently spur, right? This isn't like taking a nine inch knife and stick it in somebody's side. This is about gently spurring and encouraging one another so that we continue to move on in the faith. And then this is the one that I really want to focus on. Fourth, what can we do in these days where it feels like we're disconnected? Fourth, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Now, the context back in these days is that people were being picked up and arrested because they were Christians. And people were having their stuff confiscated and things taken away because they were Christians. And so because of that, some people basically said this, if... If I'm going to serve God and it means I'm going to lose stuff, I'm not interested in serving God. If it, serving God means that I'm going to go to jail, I'm not interested in serving God. So some people started to withdraw from the church. They, they left the family. They, they quit meeting together. So we've been forced to quit meeting together, but actually technology that we used to criticize and we used to say that Facebook de-socialized people because we were you know, uh, just typing to one another or commenting or liking, right now we're looking to uh, technology as being a real help and a blessing. And so we're all trying to leverage this so that we can reach others. And so let's keep meeting together, whether it's Facebook Live, or it's the website, or it's a card, or a letter, or a phone call. Not everybody is online. Not everybody is connected. But let's keep connecting. Now, let me challenge you in this area. Don't just connect with your friends. As, as a church, how are we going to do as we're coming through this as a church? How, how are we going to handle and manage all of this as, uh, as we're weeks physically separated? Well, if we take care of ourselves... If we keep drawing near, if we keep our eyes on Jesus, if we hold unswervingly to the faith that we have, if we gently encourage one another, and if we continue to meet together, then we'll be in good shape. But but not just with your friends, but maybe somebody in the church family that you can think about that maybe's not online that you could call or send a card. But I would really recommend you call. Nothing like hearing people's voices. Um, and how about somebody that maybe isn't a Christ follower right now, but they got questions. You've been maybe talking with them in some way, some capacity, maybe before or during this pandemic. And they've always had faith questions and they've always kind of nibbled at the edges, but they got real questions now, like what's gonna happen to our world? What's gonna happen to our planet? So connect with them too. This is an opportunity where people are open. Uh, Three months from now, people may not be as open. They come through this and they go, whew, we made it. And everybody tries to get back on, right? To their, their old way of living. But I would encourage you not just to take care of your friends in the church or your family, but that perhaps, again, I'm going to use the word outlier. It's not real friendly, but outlier somebody in the church that you know that's not plugged in as much and that you would just say, hey, you know, what? I don't even know you that well. But I also know that maybe you're not hooked up to technology. And I just wanted to call and say, how are you? How are you doing? How can I be a blessing to you? And then to that unsafe person, that one that's maybe, uh, you know, curious about the things of God, but but never really got into Jesus uh, because they thought the world was safe. But now the world doesn't feel so safe. And what you and I can do is point people to Christ. If, If we draw near to God, if we keep our eyes on Jesus, if we hold unswervingly to our faith, if we come in full assurance, if we gently encourage one another, we can be a real encouragement, not only to those of faith, but to those that, as I've used the phrase, are nibbling at the edges, that they would be drawn into. Folks, this is an opportunity. <clears throat> in many ways, this is the most horrible thing that's happened to many of us in our lifetime. This physical distancing, the death toll of those infected, it's the most miserable thing that's ever happened to us. And we're not even on the front lines. I can't imagine our frontline workers. But in a strange way, it's also the best opportunity the church has had in maybe decades where people really are wondering about life today, life tomorrow, their future. They are worried. And it's not like I want to take advantage of people's fears, but we have an answer. His name is Jesus. We have a faith. So let's show them a faith that is unswerving. Let's show them a faith that doesn't run into the ditches. Let's show them a faith that's strong in the Lord. Uh, it's, it's not made up. It's, it's not fake. We're not just giving ourselves a raw raw, But there's tangible things in our lives. Um, we have all kinds of people calling the mental health lines, all kinds of people filled with fear and anxiety. The church has an answer. I mean, thank God for everybody that's on the phone trying to talk people through this stuff. But we have Jesus. We have something far better than just you know, learn to calm yourself down, learn a mantra, uh, keep a schedule, uh, those kinds of things. As helpful as some of those things are in practical ways, we have a Christ who says, Don't be anxious about anything, but everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Present your request to God and the peace of God that transcends. All understanding and the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus I just can't come back to that enough we have Christ we have a hope in Christ and this hope isn't just like again I've mentioned to you in the past that I bought a lottery ticket and I hope my numbers come in this hope is firmly established in Jesus Christ in his death burial and resurrection he rose from the grave He has conquered sin, death, and the grave. He has conquered sickness. He has conquered illness. He has conquered even the foolishness of humankind. And we have that Christ to point people to, who isn't just going to be here for us in the short term, but is going to be here for us in the long term as well. In the midst of the crisis, when we come through the crisis, whatever next crisis there might be, and hopefully nothing like what we've been dealing with now, But for now and tomorrow and forever, we have Jesus Christ. And so I want you to be firmly established in him. Take care of yourself. Continue to meet together through all the means that you can online and offline. Think not only of those that are well known to you, but think of some of those in the church family that maybe aren't known to you. And if you're saying, hey, pastor, I'd like to call somebody, but I don't have a number. Guess who has the number? I can almost guarantee you that I have the number or I know somebody that has the number of the person that you want to call. And you can just, you know, look me up as, as Pastor Adam said. You can check our numbers. Obviously, we don't throw those out on Facebook Live, but you can, you know, you can let us know and we'll get those numbers for you. But there's certainly, you know, just opportunities here for us to take care of one another and even those that maybe you don't know that well. But don't forget those in the community that are concerned and worried and fearful and don't know Jesus. You be Jesus to them. You pray for them, you encourage them, you send them Christian material, things that focus on Christ and his faithfulness and his lordship over all of the things that are going on these days. Let's be that church that we're continuing to meet together, we're continuing to take care of each other, but we also understand that the church is even some of the people that I don't know that well that call Essex Gospel their home, and that we want to expand our church into the community because we know others are watching, we know others that are listening, we know that others are concerned, and we don't want to be a church that just takes care of ourselves. We, We don't want to be that church that it's just about us and and you know pardon my words here and the heck with the rest of the community you drive up and down the streets of Essex or your town Bell River Leamington Kingsville wherever you are and I mean it's amazing how barren it is at certain times of the day people are feeling locked up and cooped up there's a lot of anxiety in these homes Jesus Christ is the answer and for those that are watching right now on Facebook live that maybe aren't people of faith I encourage you to reach out to Jesus Christ. Let Jesus Christ be your Lord and Savior. Connect with us at our church if you'd like, www.essexgospel.com. There's all kinds of material there that you can reach out to, means of contacting us, means whereby we can contact you and point you to Christ. So that you will know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You'll know the forgiveness of sins. You'll know that there's a God and a Lord that's going to take care of you. And you know that there's a church family that wants to get to know you. And we can begin that online and continue it down the road as things improve in our country and our area. So let me pray for you now. I know our time's just about up. I want to pray for you. <clears throat> Pastor Adam mentioned that there's all kinds of different ways to reach out to the church. Make sure you do that. I just wanna highlight one little thing before we go, before we pray. Don't forget our missions partners. Our missions giving is dependent upon your giving and supporting of the church. I know that the church has a number of needs, but we don't want you to forget our missions partners, uh, the Williams Family, Servants Heart and the DR, and of course, Dale and Carolyn Rattan and Schools of Hope in Honduras. Can I pray for you? Father, we do pray for our missions points today for the Rattans and the Williams and the work that's going on at Servants Heart and Schools of Hope. We realize their needs are are far greater than ours. The kids' needs are far greater than ours. The family needs are far greater than ours. So while we're kind of taking care of ourselves, help us not to forget those that we've partnered with that that's part of our our work. It's an extension of Essex gospel and we wanna be a blessing to them. I pray for those in the community that don't know Christ as the Lord and savior, that this'll be a means where we can point people to Jesus, not just to Essex gospel, but more importantly to Jesus and uh, that they'll make a decision to follow Christ and make Jesus their Lord and their savior. And I pray for the church family, Lord, that we'll take care of one another, that we'll understand that we have an opportunity to influence, to encourage, to spur one another on, and that we can continue to meet together, even though we're not physically together, if we'll just take the time and make the effort. So God, I just on everyone today, great to be with everyone. Bless the church family in Jesus name. Amen.